Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we are talking Voyager going public. We have Gox Rising, a whole movement aiming to reboot Mount Gox. And then finally, in our main topic, we're discussing the full collapse of Quadriga CX. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. We're going to do our best to do it. So sit back, relax, hit it on cruise control for a podcast starting now. Welcome to Thriller with Car Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via Simplecast and supported by listeners like you. It's time for the news. It's time for the news. It's time for the news. Thriller with Car Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. My name's Car, Car Gonzalez. Today is February 7, 2019. Let's jump into the news. First up, we got Voyager. That's right. The cryptocurrency brokerage startup founded by veterans of Uber and E-Trade is going public on Canada's TSX Venture Exchange through a reverse merger valued at $60 million. Now, you may not know this, but a reverse merger occurs when a privately held company acquires the majority of shares in a publicly traded one, and the two firms are combined. In this case, New York-based Voyager Digital Holdings acquired UC Resources Limited, the shell of a mineral exploration company, believe it or not, that seized operations in 2015, in an all-stock deal finalized earlier this week. And you're probably wondering, why is this porn car? Why do I care? Well, Voyager, which was first revealed its plan to enable zero-commission crypto trading for U.S. retail investors last summer, quietly raised, that's right, quietly, $7 million from undisclosed investors in a series of private rounds beginning in May. And then their chief marketing officer, Steve Capone, had the last round valued the company at $60 million. Aside from securities, veteran Ehrlich said that the company's founders, including Oscar Salazar, the founding architect and CTO of Uber. That's right, he's a part of it too. And they're supposed to launch later this month. So this will allow retail and institutional investors to buy and sell crypto across multiple exchanges using a single account on a mobile app with a smart order routing system, ensuring they get the best prices available. Think of it kind of like uh, cheap air, but for crypto. <laughs> and then to entice retail customers, Voyager is offering $15 worth of Bitcoin to those who sign up early. It will be competing for business, of course, with Robinhood, Circle, and of course, the industry, Juggernaut, Coinbase. Okay, let's move on to our next piece of news. Now, this is coming straight out of the gate, right? This just got published. Gox Rising, a movement aims to reboot Mount Gox Exchange and make a coin called Gox Coin for its creditors. So as previously reported, roughly 24,000 creditors are thought to have been affected by Mount Gox 2011 hack and subsequent collapse in early 2014, which resulted in the loss of 850,000 Bitcoin valued at roughly 460 million. I know, it's sad. Reimbursement of the creditors is currently being handled under the stewardship of a Tokyo attorney, Nabuku Kabayashi, who was appointed by a Japanese court to act as a civil rehabilitation trustee to manage Mt. Gox's bankruptcy estate. Compensation is expected to take between three to five years. Okay, 
So Gox Rising claims that the creditor recovery could be speedier if legal and technical barriers were to overcome. Let's introduce a cryptocurrency. That's right. So it was recently revealed through a publication that the long-term aim is to reboot the platform as a Gox or Mount Gox exchange to rehabilitate not only lost funds, but the brand name and domain itself. The rebooted platform would reportedly be non-custodial to minimize security liabilities. Gox Rising pledges to compensate creditors at BTC or BCH and to ratchet up attempts to recover the still missing crypto. Its creator says it would quash Mt. Gox stakeholders' equity in favor of new tokenized independent foundation, which would be governed by the creditors and work toward recovering and distributing outstanding Mt. Gox assets. The proposal plan would hinge on the creation of a Gox coin, which would grant creditors a stake in the newly created foundation, although the exact regulatory status of the token and its rights remain to be clarified. Yeah, this all sounds super shaky. I don't believe any of this to actually go down. But if it does, you do not want to be associated with the Mt. Gox exchange. Okay, our next piece of news Opera has partnered and regulated crypto brokerage Safilo to provide the cash to crypto exchange for a new service built right in to its browser. This feature allows payments with credit and debit cards, along with trusted payment networks, including Swish in Sweden. At launch, Ether purchasing is available only in Sweden, Norway, and Denmark through the Android app. Way to go, Opera. I love that. Next up, we have Abra. That's right. Abra's blockchain app is set to let users invest in fractions of stocks and ETFs. Okay, so the announcement was yesterday, and it utilizes the Bitcoin blockchain and smart contracts technology to support fractional investments in stocks, exchange-traded funds, ETFs. The app already offers investment in 50 fiat currencies and over 30 cryptocurrencies. Just as consumers can own a fraction of a Bitcoin, they can soon use Abra to own fractions of high-priced stocks and ETFs, the firm said. This feature will be made available to investors in over 155 countries, offering zero trading fees for the remainder of 2019. And the firm also said that they are adding the minimum investment to be $5. Interested users can currently sign up for early access on the company website. And in our last piece of news, we have Coinbase extends PayPal withdrawal option to 32 European countries. Coinbase customers in the Europe and European Free Trade Association can now make withdrawals into their PayPal accounts. That's right. The San Francisco-based cryptocurrency exchange announced that they are doubling down on expanded service, meaning all customers in all 32 European countries will now have PayPal withdrawal option with a total of 28 member countries in the EU and four nations of the EFTA, Iceland, Liechtenstein, Norway, and Switzerland. Way to go, PayPal and Coinbase. And that's it. That's it for all the news. Kind of just an exchange-filled news week. It really wasn't a lot of stuff going on this week other than the hack. Not a whole lot of news. Not a whole lot of news at all. With that, let's go ahead and get into interesting video of the day. Thriller Podcast. Interesting crypto video of the day. The 
So as you know, today in our main topic, we're going to cover the full collapse of the Quadriga CX exchange. But there's something that I'm going to leave out, and that's the whole death thing. Um, not going to touch on that, but Crypto Tips, Heidi has done her own video for it. So take a listen. If you're not familiar with it, we'll fill in the gaps with the main topic. Check this out. I want to say that throwing around allegations of things like fake deaths is something that should not be done lightly. However, the facts that are now coming to light about this whole debacle, I believe, are worthy of being questioned and considered. Here are a few that I've come across. He travels to India to help with an orphanage while his exchange is hit with rough times financially. Not exactly the time to step away from the office and travel halfway around the globe to a place that doesn't facilitate easy communications to deal with the problems of that said business. He died in an area known for issuing fake death certificates. He got married and established a will less than a month before his death. He allocated $100,000 to his dogs for their well-being in the case of his death. He failed to take necessary precautions for securing the wallets of the users of his exchange. This in itself is an astounding thing to overlook, but combined with the efforts he took to take care of his dogs, I mean, nothing against dogs, I love those little guys, it is a bit unbelievable that he would innocently forget about this. And lastly, his business partner is known to be using a fake name and has a past that includes credit card fraud and identity fraud. Now, in addition to all of this, many are speculating that the Quadriga exchange wasn't actually holding the cryptocurrencies they were claiming to have. Instead, it is thought that many users who did experience delays in their withdrawals were really waiting for other users to make deposits, which the exchange turned around and used to pay out those wanting to take out funds. Some believe this was one elaborate yet poorly planned exit scam. Yeah, it's really fascinating how much info the whole community has gathered in such a short amount of time. Um, I'm going to leave a lot of it out in the main topic just because there's so much speculation. I'm not one to speculate at least anymore. <laughs> My, those days are done for your old thriller car. But um, I will say, though, we're going to do our best to cover it. Um, you know, professionally as we can. Right. Um, but yeah, this is definitely going to be a movie one day. And a lot of you are going to be, you know, possibly um, witnesses to all this. Right. So it's going to be interesting how all this shakes out over the coming months. And um, I do know one thing. All darkness comes to light. That has always rang true, at least in my life and probably yours. With that, let's go ahead and get into coin talk. That's right, we got a lot to cover. Let's do it. It is time. Only crypto, coins, trade, predictions ahead. It is what you spend all day wondering, isn't it? This crypto dream. Only on coin talk, coin talk, coin talk. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Coin Talk. But before, before we jump into that, got to announce a couple things. Should I give you the good news or the 
Actually, there is no bad news, so it's all good news. <laughs> well, let's let's start with this. So I do want to remind everybody because uh, I don't want to get a lot of Telegram and some messages saying, "Hey, car, where, where's the free giveaway? March first, buddy. Where's the free giveaway?" I'm gonna be like, "No, I told you we're doing it during South by Week." So here we go again, one more time, one more time from the top. Everybody, everybody now. So. During South by Week, we're going to give away three Ledger Nanos. One of them is going to be a Ledger Nano X, brand new, unsealed everything. I'm not touching it. It's coming straight from Ledger. It's going right to your house, sealed in the box. And I'm sending you $50 of Bitcoin to get you started, to get you on the right track. (laughs) And then second and third place are going to get Ledger Nano S's sealed in the box, brand new, straight from Ledger, right to your house. So we're going to do that during South by it's all because I love y'all. That's why I I really want to make South by a really big week for us every year. And it's one of my favorite times of the year as well, too, here in Austin. It's just a blast. So we're going to do that for March. And on top of that, on top of that, if you're a Patreon. So if you've been a patron for so long and. You know, I don't really do a lot of giveaways. I'm going to start doing more and more, I promise. Uh, this is the first year I, I can feel like we're, we're okay. We're doing pretty good. Okay, so if you're a patron, you're going to be included in that grand prize for the Ledger Nano X and the $50 of Bitcoin. And that's just going to be for our patrons. I'm sorry, everybody else. <laughs> but these people have stuck through old Thriller Car, you know, from the get, from the beginning so we got to do something for them. We have to. We have to. And this this is special for them. Right now, there's currently six of them. I know. I like to call them the Thriller Six. <laughs> so the Thriller Six are going to be able to, one of, one of y'all is going to get the Ledger Nano X and $50 of Bitcoin. And if, if you get it, I'm so happy for you. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be extremely happy for you. It's going to be such an honor to give you something in return for, you know, supporting through the crypto for so long. I really, really appreciate you. So this is my way of doing it. One out of six gets you gives you the chance. And right now, if you're currently not a part of our Patreon, if you're not, you know, donating every month, here's your chance. Join up. <laughs> Join up for a month and then you get you get to be inside this whole kind of a grand prize giveaway. One out of six is not bad odds. Uh, one out of seven isn't either. So depending on, I'll let you know how many people totally enter at the end right before we, we draw so people know. But uh, it's just going to be a question I ask inside of Patreon, the first person who answers it right. And I promise you, it's going to be an easy one. If you if you watch this show or watch it, so if you listen to this show, I know I was thinking watch, if you listen to the show every episode, you're going to know exactly what the answer is going to be. So very easy. And then our second and third place Ledger Nano S's, we're going to give those out probably that Wednesday of South by. And uh, that's just going to be through our newsletter. Uh, first person, second person who answers it uh, or does the tweet or whatever is going to win that. And that's uh, that's going to be our giveaway. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, and then and then once we come into April, we'll just go back to our regular free crypto giveaway but i want to do i want to do a big i want to do a big for south by i think this is this will be a lot of fun okay and then next thing i want to mention is we have coinbase as an affiliate with thriller crypto what yeah yeah apparently they they want to they want to court us and that's cool (laughs) we'll be courted by old brian armstrong and his army over there that's fine that's fine you know 
there for the longest time, I used to shit on Coinbase and, you know, I probably will in the future. But for now, you know, I feel like they're they're pretty damn good at this point. Um, the one thing I want to try and y'all tell me, how is that PayPal? I don't know if y'all have actually withdrew money from Coinbase like that. You sold Bitcoin because uh, currently right now you can use like Square is great. But the only problem with Square is that you can't send Bitcoin to it to like pay for it. That's like the one key feature. And I think people have asked Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Square and and Twitter, and he said that they're working on it. So there's no telling when they do. But for right now, the only place that I know of that you can do it cleanly is Gemini. And then you can do it even cleaner is through uh, Coinbase. So if you have a PayPal card or a PayPal, um, you know, Venmo thing, then you could easily extract it out, send some Bitcoin there, extract it out, get it to PayPal, get to Venmo, and then boom, just pay for it. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. I think that's a really good feature. And they just rolled out the rest of the european countries so if you haven't signed up for coinbase use our affiliate code because when you do that that helps us a ton seriously that'll help us out a ton and then we'll be able to do more giveaways and it helps us keep us afloat right now i'm not gonna lie like this whole crypto winter a lot of people are exiting i'm talking about like media too like not only are exchanges exiting there's individuals that are just no longer doing anything crypto related um, there's people, <laughs> this is funny because I was just talking to somebody today about this. There's people that actually were doing crypto content. Now they moved on to like doing regular tech stuff. And it's fascinating to me. Like, how could you move away from this? Like, this is so much fun. But I think I'm one of the few people that finds this fascinating day to day. Yeah. I mean, this has been a slow news week, but even in our slow news week, we still have a crazy story with Quadrigo CX. Like, that's just nuts. Like, there's no other industry that has this much trauma in it. It's just fascinating. And then on top of that, all the technology that we get to cover and, and look into, that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, anyway, so getting back on topic. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you for supporting Thriller Crypto if you want to. And if it ever becomes a burden, I promise you when I say this, like 100%, if it ever becomes a burden, because uh, I know some of y'all donate a lot <laughs> to thriller crypto if it ever becomes a burden like by all means take a rest take two or three months off whatever come back or if you don't want to come back i, I just don't want y'all to feel bad um for for not donating to thriller crypto i mean i appreciate it because it helps keep us afloat but at the same time i'd rather see y'all succeed in your own lives individually and i'm just here for you know for 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 y'all i mean just because i i want to um, and I'll continue to um, if we can stay afloat. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I will. I will keep doing it regardless. Even if I have to, even I have to shill uh, <laughs> whatever I have to shill to, to make it happen. But if you use this Coinbase affiliate code, then that'll help out a lot. Then we won't have to shill anything. It'll just keep us afloat month to month. So anyways, and then our last piece of news for Thriller Crypto, Charles Hoskinson. That guy just can't get enough of a whole Thriller car. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, so he's coming back on the podcast and he wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to the whole Thriller Army. And I think it's pretty cool. I like Charles. He's a hoot, man. He's probably one of the few people in this space that can just 
fall asleep listening to, you know, like him and Andreas, like I can listen, like when he does his like Q and A's on his, I don't know if you've ever seen his YouTube stuff, but when he does his Q and A's, he just goes on and on about the technology. And, and sometimes it's just like hearing a really smart professor talk about this stuff and you just engulf it in. Right. And then when you sleep, you think about it, <laughs> or at least I do. And then, uh, so when I, when I, when I have the opportunity to talk to him, of course, I'm going to, I'm going to, Welcome him with open arms. So he's going to be coming on the show. Uh, we're still kind of working out the schedule, but yeah, look, look forward to that. That's going to be an interesting um, conversation, and uh, I'm looking forward to it too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure he has a lot planned for this year. He's been making a lot of right moves that I that for as far as I can tell in the space. Um, yeah, so that's another good piece of news. And with the oh oh, also should mention. Send your questions. If you want me to ask him specific questions on whatever, shoot me a a PM on Telegram and then I'll do it. Yeah. And then finally, we have to play our disclaimer. I know. I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't. But if we don't play our disclaimer, the SEC, whoever they are, They'll come after us. The men in black. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. They'll come after us and they'll say, hey, Tervakar, I heard your shilling Coinbase affiliate stuff. Get your hands against the wall, buddy. Yeah, this Coinbase affiliate stuff's got to stop. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, no, sir. No, sir. All I have is a link, sir. All I have is a link. And they recruited me, sir. I didn't do anything. <laughs> I'll be like, if anything, go look at Brian. <laughs> no, I won't say that. But you know what I'm saying? We got to roll the disclaimer. If we don't roll the disclaimer, we can get in trouble, right? I mean, we could. So roll the disclaimer. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. All right, it's time for you know coin talk. You know what's funny, like you know, Robot Lady always says, trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. And for the longest time I really believe that. Like, I really believe that now my mind is really has it really has shifted. It might have to change this in season three. But man, I can't believe it's season three. It's close. It's close. Oh, my God. Stop thinking about it. OK. Uh, but I will say, though, like, if you think about it, I used to always think like, OK, save the world one Satoshi at a time. Like, take it day by day. Right. But now I'm looking at it. I'm realizing it's actually more like one person at a time. It truly is. I mean, if we look at this day to day, um, Depending on who you're reaching out to on a daily basis or who you're interact who you're interacting with, um, there's opportunity there to uh, to educate people out there in, in your regular world, right? So if you're a part of this crypto space, because you are, because you're listening to this, you're paying attention to it, you probably have crypto. I would highly recommend talking to regular people in your in your area in your space and getting them uh, up to speed on what's going on. Um, we're, we're, I'm actually doing that too. Now I, I just started up a meetup group here in Austin called Thriller Crypto, of course, but, um, I'm going to be doing a monthly meeting and just talking to people, regular people that want to come, no coiners or whoever people in the space. And they just want to talk about cryptocurrency or just ask questions and I'll do my best to answer them. And then I'm probably going to end up recording it and putting it as either a, a special, in an after dark or something, or just who knows, but it's going to, it's going to be released to y'all. So you can hear these 
you know, regular people talk about cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, if you guys want to know more about that, go to thrillerx.com. It's in the about link. But um, yeah, I, I feel like I started off thinking one thing, and it's weird how this whole crypto winter has taught me a lot more. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm finally growing up in, in crypto. <laughs> okay, so we look at uh, Bitcoin. We got uh, thirty-four hundred dollars. That's right. That's right, sir. We got uh, XRP at twenty-nine cents. Ethereum at one hundred four. Total market cap is at one hundred eleven dollars or one hundred eleven dollars. One hundred eleven billion. Billy. That's right. One hundred eleven billion. We were at one eighteen, one nineteen about two weeks ago. We've dropped down to one fifteen over the past weekend, and one twelve, one thirteen on Monday. It's going down, ladies and gentlemen. We are going down. Put on, strap in. It's about to crash. <laughs> no, it's not going to crash. But it is going to go down. I, I think um, I think if it doesn't go down at this point, I'm kind of just waiting for it, anticipating. I'm just like, let's just get underneath 3,000, get it over with. Um, but I think there's just so many people right now, me especially, like I just bought more Bitcoin today. I bought more Ethereum today. And I bought more Litecoin today. Um, exactly right. Yeah, I did. Just because I know this is crucial right now. Like this is to me, like I'm not buying, you know, every other day or every three or four days like I was. Uh, I'm now more like now for the longest time, it was like twice a week, you know, and then now now at this point, it's like once a week. But when I do, it's it's kind of a lot. But, you know, then again, I kind of. I kind of what I what I like to do is kind of separate, you know, a little bit of crypto so I can have my fix um, <laughs> here week to week. And I kind of do that through the month. I have my whole process. Let's just say that, ladies and gentlemen. I will say, though, I, I do this because I really want this whole space to succeed. <laughs> like, I, I really want us to be at a point to where the internet was right where in the in the beginning days because i remember this uh because i was playing with computers since an early age and i remember like being on aol <laughs> and then i remember getting off of aol and then getting like dsl and then i remember like you know doing all sorts of stuff on the internet that i won't say here publicly but <laughs> I, I i will say though that um uh, i saw that whole thing progress and then i remember distinctly that when Facebook came out, um, the social media website, yes, Facebook, I remember there was just like regular people that started going on the internet because at the time it was only through through like website, through Facebook was only through a website. But I remember that being the main draw for a lot of regular people. And then, I don't know, somewhere in the midst of that, Twitter became a big thing. And then all of a sudden, CNN started covering Twitter or started having Twitter as as a thing. I remember distinctly remember that. And then at some point, I remember talking to my mom and then she was like on Facebook and it was just kind of weird. And there was a whole thing and that took roughly about a good, you know, seven to six years for all that to kind of happen naturally, right? Run its course. But it it, it ultimately took a product like the iPhone to really make everybody a part of it. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I think we don't have something. I'm not saying we need an iPhone, but I think we really need something that big or it needs to be an app of sorts or it needs to be something either coming out of one of these cryptocurrencies that has to change the game. And it could be anything. 
honestly, it could be anything from any of these projects. But if it draws enough people in, like Ethereum did, because Ethereum did draw people in. I know Bitcoin maximalists don't like to hear that, but a lot of people in technology were drawn in because of Ethereum, because they can create on Ethereum. It, it brought people in. Um, it was a magnet for them, right? And if there can be something else that could be that lightning rod that uh, gets this next wave started, I think we're going to be fine. Of course, of course, a lot of Bitcoin maximalists and you have other people in the crypto space are looking towards the halving as being that next jump. And which is true. If you look at the data, it does it does show that immediately right after the, the halving, you see another progression going towards you know the bullish side. But I know when it comes to like mainstream getting no no coiners on, like it's going to require something profound, something remarkable. <laughs> it really is, and, and that's the only way this thing's ever going to take off. If you look at something like, um, and this is I'm right now I'm about to speak on something that I actually have no idea how how any of that space works, but I will say like for me personally, if I look at something like virtual. Uh, reality or or just like any kind of VR headset. I'm not entirely convinced of VR headsets yet because I haven't seen something really cool that was fascinating to me, right? Uh, so that hasn't happened for that space either. But maybe it's that related with blockchain. Maybe it's Decentraland when it finally be- gets rolled out and becomes this big thing. Who knows? But there is going to be something there something i'm not sure what it's going to be but it's going to take that for this next run to start i'm just certain of it at this point i think i think we can have ets i think you can have market manipulation make the price rise and i think it will but i don't think it's going to get to the point to where we were in 2017 where a lot of us were like looking (laughs) at our block folios and wondering what the hell just happened yeah, seriously. Like, if you go back and listen to us in season one, there's a point there where it's like week to week. I'm just like, oh my god, of course it's going to go up. Like, just saying that, and everybody in the space was just euphoric. Like, it was ridiculous, right? And so, I think if anything, to get back to that state, it's going to require something massive. Uh, it's going to be require. It's going to require something profound. Uh, I'm just I'm just dead set on that idea right now. And I think I think Voyager and I think, you know, Nasdaq and I think a lot of that will help it get pumped as well, too. Um, But I don't think it's going to be to the level that everybody is hoping for at this point. But then again, we've been in this bear market for so long. Ultra car probably became more bearish. Has probably has, has a more bearish outlook than he normally would. That's possible. It's very possible. We got Stellar at seven cents. We got Tron at two cents. Monero at forty three dollars. You got Dash at sixty seven dollars. We have NEM at three cents. Gosh, man, what a project! Um, they just never recovered after they had that hack uh, from that exchange where they ripped off all that NEM. I think they were like ninety three cents. And then it tanked immediately after that. And they just never recovered from it. Uh, a lot of other cryptos recovered. They just never did. It's crazy. It's nuts how something as simple as that. Um, got Tezos at $0.36. Cents. I was going to do, I know uh, last time we spoke, I was telling you about Tezos. I was going to do a Inside Protocol on Tezos. But after doing you know a little bit of research uh, yesterday and today, I realized it's not fully baked. Like, it's not fully baked. There's, 
it's not even worth my time yet to actually dive into it. Um, that's not to say it's not going to go up in price. It, it likely will, just like everything else, <laughs> you know, in, in crypto always does. But um, technology-wise, it's just not fully baked yet. It, it needs more time to bake. Um, so we're going to hold off on on that on that one, unfortunately. I'm sorry to everybody else that wanted that one. I wanted it too. I wanted it too. But after looking at it, I, there's no way I could do it <laughs> and keep a straight face and, and, and say, this is worthy of looking. Yeah, it's just not. It's just not quite there yet. Plus, there's a whole lot of in, information that is related to the beginnings of Tezos that uh, is very, uh, how should I say this, um, very shaky at best. So that's another thing that we would have to cover entirely first, just so you have a primer of what you're investing in or what you're looking at as technology stack and then actually looking at the technology where it stands right now it's actually not anywhere probably where it should be because they either didn't hit a deadline or they over or they overshot it at this point um uh meaning that they they didn't hit it (laughs) uh so yeah that's why we're gonna hold off on tezos unfortunately sorry there's somebody that was looking forward to it um, but yeah, I'm always looking to, uh, check out new projects. So, you know, PM me, whatever you think is worthy and we'll, we'll dive into it. But when I start seeing something here and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. Then we start diving in a little bit. Then next thing you know, I'm like, eh, this is not even worth the time that it would take to do that. And yeah, it's not, it's not worthy of, uh, putting Thriller Crypto's name on it and distributing it out to everybody. Cause I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression. Of what we're trying to do here, uh, we got Icon at twenty cents, Sia Coin at two thousandths of a tenth. Man, Sia Coin, and I think that's it. Everything else is up. What is what is what is our twenty-four hour change today? Oh, Quaint, Quaint is up thirteen percent. Zero X is up five percent at twenty-three cents. Gosh, man, poor Zero X gets so much shit. Got Hollow, Hollow at. Uh, Nine uh, down nine percent, and repo down five percent. Binance Coin as well down five percent uh, at seven dollars eighty one cents. And Factum, gosh, Factum, five dollars and eighty two cents down three percent today. Yeah, and I think that's it. That's all we got for Coin Market Cap. Oh, one thing I wanted to mention. Uh, I think the Groundhog has spoken. So Funstrat, as you know, uh, Thomas Lee. That guy really uh, hates Thriller Car. <laughs> he's, he's blocked me. Anyway, um, it's probably because I always call him out on his his on his freaking uh, predictions, and they're, they're always wrong. So he came out today and said that uh, Bitcoin is going to be at twenty two hundred dollars uh, in the first quarter. Um, if he's saying that, then it's going to be the complete opposite. <laughs> I, I I think once we get to March, I think we're once because once Fidelity rolls out their stuff, it, it's going to have to go up. Uh, I don't think it's going to go up considerably, but I think it'll go up. Um, so if he's saying 2000 or whatever he was saying today, uh, it's likely going to go the other way. <laughs> we can guarantee that. He's also the person that predicted, you know, we all predicted stuff in, in 2018. Me too. I'm guilty of it too. But I want, I want, I think it was like February when I said, okay, call that prediction out. It's not going to happen. Right. I was mad enough to call it off early, but uh, he, he doubled down. He was like, oh, it, it's going to get to, what did he say? I think it was 25,000 by the end of the year. And then he was like, okay, well, it's going to get to 15,000. And then it never got to, it actually got to 3,000 and it went the other way. And it was just kind of one of those things is like, you can look at the data all day. 
But if you're not um, being true to yourself, like, what are you doing? And I feel bad for all the people that are invested into Friendstrat at this point. I don't know how they're making any money with him in charge. Anyways, with that, let's get into our main topic. That's right. Let's do it. If we run.
Audriga CX, the Canadian cryptocurrency exchange, made headlines the world over last week when it announced it was filing for creditor protection and owed upwards of $130 million or more to its customers. The long-suffering exchange has had banking issues for more than a year, and customers complain they cannot easily withdraw fiat or crypto over the past several months. Fears that the exchange may be insolvent or running a scam by an announcement that its founder and CEO, Gerald Cotton, died of Crohn's disease while in India. After weeks of poor communication, the exchange announced it was filing for a stay of proceedings in an attempt to head off any customer lawsuits while it tries to recoup its funds and figure out its next steps. Take a listen to Gerald Cotton as he explains Quadriga CX. We had been working on it for about four to five months prior to that. If you recall, back in the summer of 2013, there really weren't many options here in Canada for people to buy and sell Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. There was one exchange that was pretty much leading the pack. And then other than that, you pretty much had to send a wire over to Japan mm -hmm. if you wanted to buy Bitcoin. Of course, you're referring to uh, empty Gox in this case. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, there weren't that many options. So I had been working with other digital currencies prior to Bitcoin and was basically transitioning into Bitcoin and was very interested in the technology, the whole concept of a decentralized ledger. Mm -hmm. But I found one of the biggest stumbling blocks and hurdles was that it was just so hard to buy Bitcoin in Canada. Mm -hmm. You couldn't hook up your bank account anywhere. It was just such a challenge. Mm -hmm. So I already had a lot of things set up in terms of the banking and payment processing. Mm -hmm. So really, it was just a matter of setting up an exchange and then integrating that with everything that I had previously built up mm -hmm. in that sort of industry. So four months later, after a lot of testing and challenges along the way, mm -hmm. um, everything was set up and ready to go. So we launched right after Christmas. and, and to, uh, Right after Christmas of 2013. Right? 2013, yes. Yeah. And because there were so few options in Canada, we ended up getting a lot of clients right away. So... Tell us about your sign-up process and how long it typically... Dude, that's so fucking boring. <laughs> that's not no. Dude, seriously. No, no, I, I, I want to know what that's the turnaround huge. time is. Well, what's the turnaround okay. time? It's a fair question. Yeah, ask it again. Yeah. We'll get better. Okay, so tell us about the turnaround time for a customer who starts and does everything correctly through the application process. How long does it take? It's a good question. People always want to buy Bitcoin quickly. And one of the main complaints that we hear from other exchanges or about other exchanges is that it's quite a long and cumbersome process to get an account set up. Mm -hmm. So we've tried to make the process as quick and as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. That being said, there's obviously some hurdles you have to get over, such as verification. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, once you sign up for an account, which is completely instant, mm -hmm. after you've submitted everything that's required for verification, mm -hmm. your account is usually verified in 24 to 48 hours, mm -hmm. provided that everything is was provided correctly. However, for some users, they don't want to provide verification information. And that's an interesting point. In compliance with all of the FinTrack regulations, we don't require verification for every sort of transaction. For example, you can sell Bitcoin on our site and withdraw right away. And there's no need for verification in that situation. So you oh, can cool. send Bitcoin to the exchange, sell it for cash, and then withdraw it without any verification? Or that's correct. Okay. Uh, FinTrack doesn't actually require us to verify users for that type of transaction at this point. So what do they, what do they require you? Uh, it's, it's only them? over certain amounts. Obviously, if you're trying to do a massive amount, in that mm -hmm. case, you would need to go through the verification process. However, if you're just selling a 
some Bitcoin, like say five Bitcoin or whatever, the funds go directly into your bank account and there's no need to submit your verification documents. Oh. On the flip side, if you're buying Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you can also send us a money order issued mm -hmm. by Canada Post up mm -hmm. to $999. And again, no verification is required for that. Quadriga CX says it owes roughly 115,000 people, 190 million in both fiat and cryptocurrency. These 115,000 customers are part of a larger group of nearly 300,000 individual accounts created, though it appears that the remainder doesn't currently store any funds on the exchange. Now, in a court filing last week, Cotton's widow and the executor of his estate, Jennifer Robertson, claimed that neither she nor anyone else on the Quadriga CX team knew how to access the exchange's crypto reserves, or indeed where they might even be located. The exchange holds roughly 26,000 Bitcoin, roughly $92 million, 11,000 of Bitcoin Cash, roughly $1.3 million, 11,000 Bitcoin Cash SV, $707,000, 35,000 Bitcoin Gold, $352,000, and nearly 200,000 Litecoin, $6.5 million, and about 430,000 Ether, $46 million, totaling $147 million, according to the affidavit. Now, Cotton reportedly conducted all his business operations out of an encrypted laptop, which Jennifer Robinson, his widow, says has been unable to gain access to. While a consultant has been hired to try and break into the laptop, this expert has so far been unsuccessful. While the timing of the move hasn't been confirmed, the laptop will ultimately be given to professional services firm EY, which was appointed monitor by the court. Compounding the exchange's problems is the fact that much of its fiat reserves are tied up after a well-documented legal fight with the Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, but there is no timeline yet for when those funds might be restored. All told, the exchange estimates that it owes customers about $53 million in fiat, $137 million in crypto US dollars. But assuming people do want to get verified, I think your site has a lot of neat features that yes. other, other sites perhaps don't. One of them, mm -hmm. when I was on your site quite some time ago, I noticed uh, sort of flicking through the options is I can buy gold. You can buy gold. Site. Oh, How cool. So we have three different order books on the site. We have the Bitcoin to Canadian dollars, Bitcoin mm -hmm. to US dollars, mm -hmm. and then also Bitcoin to gold. Mm -hmm. So it actually works as if you're buying Bitcoin with ounces of gold, as if those ounces of gold are like regular currency. So you place uh, bids and asks on the exchange with ounces of gold and you trade gold with other users. So say you want to convert your Bitcoin to gold, you can sell your Bitcoin to gold and then mm -hmm. withdraw actual physical gold that will mail to you. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I was just about to ask that. So we had cool. Stephen McCaskill on the show, yeah, CEO of Amaji Metals, right? So mm -hmm. he deals primarily in, you can, you can use Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies to purchase mm -hmm. a whole bunch of different precious metals in this case, but he will ship it to you 
Yeah. And plus, you want to hold like the real physical thing. So that's I guess, the thing, yeah. you, I guess you store it um, yes. in various vaults and whatnot, and then you would ship it out. Exactly, um, yeah. So if, if you're withdrawing, yeah. we only issue yeah. um, one ounce gold bars. Uh, okay. um, those get sent out. Same with when you're funding your account with yeah. gold. Yeah. We accept gold if you send it to us or bring it to our office. Uh -huh. However, we only have a certain type of gold that we'll accept. Like, yeah, you, when you say you ship out gold, are you buying like Royal Mint or like the Perth Mint or it, US it, Mint? Which ones are we purchasing? Primarily Royal Canadian Mint, one ounce gold bars. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we will also accept coins and gold bars mm -hmm. from other well-known mints like Perth Mint and mm -hmm. so forth in one ounce form. Quadriga's funds are in crypto. According to its court filing, about 70 million Canadian, which is roughly 53 million USD, its funds are held by payment processors in fiat. So that means that 30 million Canadian is held by a payment processor, Billafree, in the form of bank drafts. Billafree has explained in the past that it was having difficulty finding banking partners to endorse these drafts preventing it from releasing the funds back to the exchange. During the discussion in court on Tuesday, Quadriga attorney Maurice Chiasson, a partner with law firm Stuart McKelvey, asked whether EY, the monitor appointed to oversee Quadriga's efforts, might be able to assist in finding a banking partner to endorse the drafts. It is unclear whether this is a possibility and EY declined to comment when reached. In an email, Bill Free, Managing Director and Owner Jose Reyes, has confirmed that EY was not sure what the next steps would be now that the company has been appointed as a monitor. He later added that he has not had any luck finding banking partners to endorse the drafts yet. Lawyers for Quadriga also control a further 5 million held by several New Brunswick-based companies. However, these funds may be used to organize bankruptcy processes and other administrative tasks. So one of the main benefits is the fact we're in Canada. So if you're a Canadian user, we're far easier to use than say an exchange in Europe. Mm -hmm. If you want to fund an account at an exchange in Europe, typically you have to physically go to the bank, send a bank wire there, costs anywhere from 30 to $50. Very time-consuming process. Your Canadian dollars are going to have to be converted to US dollars. A lot of hassle. With ours, we allow you to fund your account directly from the comfort of your own home mm -hmm. through electronic funds transfer as well as Interac Online. And with Interac Online, you can fund up to $5,000 per day instantly. And for those who don't way. know, Interact, I think, is a more Canadian-centric yes. kind of, so it, other it, online it, banking or debit type systems in other countries. Yeah, so Interact Online is basically an online payment system issued or managed by the Canadian banks. Mm -hmm. So the process for, say, hi, say he went on to Quadriga CX and wanted to buy some Bitcoin, sign up, and then he'd initiate an Interact Online transfer. He gets forwarded to his bank. The bank basically asks him, would you like to complete this payment to Quadriga CX? Okay. He says yes comes back to our site, 
assuming that everything checks out and is all good, the funds will be in his account instantly, which he can then use to purchase Bitcoin oh, and neat. withdraw from the site instantly. Now, there are still numerous questions surrounding the entire situation, including whether the exchange ever had funds as it claimed, and whether they are currently still locked up in cold storage. This past Tuesday granted Quadriga 30 days to try and recover its missing cryptocurrency reserves, as well as unlock its fiat holdings and look for other assets that can generate revenue. In an early filing, EY indicated that the exchange could sell its trading platform as one such revenue generator. So in 2015, Cotton said the exchange used multi-signature wallets as a security precaution. As you know, multi-sig wallets typically see multiple parties maintaining control of a part of a wallet's private key. In such a scenario, two or more of the parties would have to sign a transaction before it can be approved. However, no other Quadriga employees appear to have announced themselves as able to sign off on transactions. In other words, the question remains whether there was a multi-sig wallet ever set up in the first place. I think a lot of people, they they look at the Bitcoin space and they think that they can easily create a startup and they don't mm -hmm. really realize that there's so many components of a business like this, in particular for an exchange, um, just because it's, right now it's a little mm -hmm. ambiguous, whether it's a financial institution, whether it's a money services business, the regulations in Canada are somewhat ambiguous at this point. FinTrack has given some guidance on it, but really not that much. Mm -hmm. So some of the initial hurdles were first getting registered with FinTrack as a money services business. Mm -hmm. We were the first exchange in Canada to be registered as a money services business wow. in Canada. FinTrack was very reluctant at the start to mm -hmm. provide these registrations to Bitcoin businesses because as far as they saw it, Bitcoin wasn't money. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's out of their domain. Mm -hmm. However, after lengthy back and forth with FinTrack, we ended up getting our FinTrack registration in December, a few weeks before we launched. Oh, cool. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Right here. What's the significance of doing that, though? What are the benefits or hurdles? So that's one of the things. One could argue, why do you even need the FinTrack mm -hmm. registration when FinTrack is initially telling you that you don't need it? So we've all heard of the issues where banks are closing down bank accounts for different Bitcoin mm -hmm. exchanges. It's a huge mess. Um, Bitstamps Bank is mm -hmm. no longer accepting US deposits. That just happened yesterday, I believe. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah? Yeah that the uh, intermediary bank is rejecting them. So there's this issue where banks are always trying to protect themselves. Right. Risk mitigation, they don't want to deal with anything that could potentially be risky or have any like problems down the road. Mm -hmm. And when they look at Bitcoin, they think this is a money services business. Mm -hmm. Then they want to see your FinTrack registration. Mm -hmm. FinTrack is telling you, oh, you're not a money services business. So it creates this weird situation where, I remember with Interact Online, when we first were getting that, they said, well, we're not letting you process through our system until you're registered with FinTrack. Mm -hmm. And then we have FinTrack telling us, you're not a money services business because Bitcoin isn't money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, then you tell that to the bank. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, from our perspective, it is. Mm -hmm. So it creates a situation where you have a government 
uh, government body telling you that you're not a money services business, but all of the traditional legacy banking system telling you that you are. Mm-hmm. So we had to get over that hurdle. Mm-hmm. And because we got over that hurdle and because we were the first in Canada to have the FinTrack registration, mm-hmm. that's why we haven't had quite as many banking issues mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the other exchanges in Canada that you always are hearing having banking issues. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one of our strong points and definitely one of the areas that we had to overcome. Out of respect for his family, uh, we won't go into his death or anything like that. But of course, you could always check Reddit and um, other sources to gather all the speculation and rumors surrounding it. Um, that is it for full collapse of Contrigo CX. It's a crazy story, and to be quite honest with you, it was very hard to kind of get through and to. Uh, understand exactly where all these theories were coming from. Probably one of the craziest stories I ever heard in crypto, for sure. With that, let's get on to the end of the show.
Ladies and gentlemen, that has been another Thriller Podcast. Hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I will say one thing that everybody should take into account. When you hold your crypto on exchange, um, you're putting it at risk. Um, you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you pull it as fast as you bought it or traded it. Uh, because when you leave it on there for months, days, years even, you're taking a big risk. And by doing that... Uh, it's going to get messy. Bye, Bitcoin. Save the world. See you next time. This is the end of the show.